Welcome to the Linguamania podcast, presented by the Creative Multilingualism team. We are a group of people who love languages. We think languages are an essential part of being human. They're part of our identity and part of our culture. And we think they should be celebrated at every possible opportunity. So, our podcast shine a light on some fascinating aspects of languages and language learning which you might not have come across before. I'm Professor Rajinda Dudra from Birmingham City University. I'm also a researcher at Creative Multilingualism. We're exploring the links between languages and creativity. Exciting multilingual performance project, the MPP, showcases and celebrates the multilingual nature of schools. MPP demonstrates how multilingualism can interact creatively with teaching in the classroom, promoting both taught languages and the use of community languages. The main aims of the Multilingual Performance Project include building confidence amongst teachers conducting creative work in school, increasing awareness of the creative dimension of languages and generating enthusiasm for language learning. As you'll hear in this podcast, the project has reached all over England and Wales, and participating schools have connected to their local theatres. These include the Birmingham Repertory Theatre, the Prime Theatre in Swindon, the Hull Truck Theatre, the Hampstead Theatre in London, and the Wales Millennium Centre in Cardiff. As well as supporting multilingual performance work in classrooms and school productions, the Multilingual Performance Project has also produced larger events and theatre productions. Let's hear from the MPP's director, Daniel Tyler McTie, as he talks about a couple of these projects and the MPP's exciting national roadshow. Hello, my name is Daniel Tyler McTie, and as Rajinda mentioned, I'm the director of the Multilingual Performance Project. In early 2019, we worked with schools, colleges, a university, and professional actors from across the West Midlands to create a professional production called Merely Players which was based on uh, performing Shakespeare in many different languages. We took those languages from uh, the people who we met around the city and in those schools and matched them up to the countries of characters from Shakespeare's plays. So, for example, an Italian actor and student worked on Juliet being performed in Italian rather than in English. There were different ways that students engaged with the project. So younger students wrote love letters between characters from As You Like It. They wrote those love letters in French, imagining them to be in the forest in France. And uh, Spanish love letters were written between characters that appear in Love's Labour's Lost. Older students actually performed alongside the professional actors in the show. And um, one of them came out of the production having actually never learned or used other languages. And she was inspired to start learning Arabic as a result of working with a professional actor who performed Cleopatra in Egyptian Arabic. So this is just one way that we were demonstrating how creative activities can build confidence, promote language learning, and develop the skills of everyone involved, students, staff, um, people in the wider community. We've had similar projects like uh, The Birds, created by Royal Birmingham Conservatoire students with our project, 
which looked at um, lots of different birds communicating and talking in different ways to each other. And it was an early years project that toured primary schools uh, in Birmingham again. There have been multilingual youth theatre projects, uh, one in collaboration with the National Theatre of Korea and one with Hampstead Theatre in London, which is all about demonstrating how home and community languages can contribute really positively to the creative process, but also to sort of um, education in general, people learning things outside of the classroom and outside of the traditionally taught MFL languages. Something that's been really popular through all of the MPP's work has been the idea of MFL roleplay competitions. We've supported Laura Civita from Lordswood Girls School in Birmingham with her competition, which runs annually with eight different schools from the region. And we've used those ideas to inspire other teachers across England and Wales, and we're helping to produce Swindon's first ever competition later this year. That's part of our national roadshow called Linguamania. Events have already taken place in Birmingham, London and Dublin and more will follow, so keep an eye on our website. Next, we hear from Anne Poole, who teaches German and a little Chinese in primary schools in Oxford. With the support of the Multilingual Performance Project, she has produced some wonderful multilingual events with her students. My first involvement with the Multilingual Performance Project was at the pilot project stage. I had no performance experience, but I recognised that drama has the potential to increase confidence in speaking and communicating, and those are really important factors in language learning, of course. So I attended project workshops at the Oxford Playhouse and Birmingham Rep Theatre, and they were hugely enjoyable. Some of the activities were easily adaptable for my primary language classes, and I guess that if we, with the teachers, enjoyed them so much, then my pupils probably would too. And actually some of the activities have become firm favourites in my classes. And it's lovely when I hear the children saying, oh, I love this game. And my first attempt at producing a play was very small scale, an after school club for just one term, ending in a short performance to parents and carers. And then the following year, an opportunity arose to produce a school play on a larger scale in a small theatre setting. Uh, Daniel Tyler McTye had offered support and advice, and that proved invaluable from the start to finish, really. Um, for example, he advised on the choice of play and the numbers of children to work with. Uh, during the rehearsal phase, he came into school, uh, gave the children feedback and expert tips to improve their performance. He supplied costumes and even produced background scenery for us. So the final performance was a fabulous experience for all the children involved and they were really buzzing for a long time afterwards. Another event that came about as a result of the project was a multilingual performance evening in school. Uh, this time it was with children performing songs, uh, dances, uh, poetry from their home languages and cultures. And the project director again gave me lots of encouragement and advice and it turned out to be a, a wonderful celebration of languages and creativity. So I've continued to use what I've learned through the project and now share it with other teachers whenever I can. I've done show and tell sessions in my schools and uh, teach meets with other local schools. And next month, I'm going to lead a workshop based on the project's approaches for primary school teachers from around the Thames Valley at the Southern Primary Languages Show. 
Personally, I've really benefited from being involved in the project. I stepped a long way outside my comfort zone and certainly would never have done it without the support of the Multilingual Performance Project. We're going to hear now from the theatre practitioner Holly Bateman. She's delivered many of the MPP teacher workshops all over the country. She's seen firsthand the impact the project's ideas can have on language teachers. Hello, my name is Holly Bateman and I'm a practitioner on the Multilingual Performance Project. I've been working with the project since it started in 2018 in January. My main role has been to deliver workshops to teachers to help them train and deliver their modern foreign language teaching. We've been looking at using drama to help them make their lessons more engaging, more creative and think about new ways of applying it. But the other thing we've been doing as well is getting teachers from any subject to think about how they can embrace modern foreign languages in their schools across the board, whether that's to do with in lessons, whether it's in assemblies, performances in school. One of the things I've been really interested in is the fact that I've worked with teachers across the key stages and levels. And they're really keen to embrace those home languages, no matter what kind of stage they're at. So we've had people who have been working with primary school children, young primary, who are thinking about embracing EAL students in the classroom. And then we've got some teachers who are teaching GCSE and they're enrolling their uh, students who've got additional languages, second languages or the first home languages in GCSEs of their home language to get them an extra GCSE. Young people really need to be told how amazing they are to have additional languages. You know, it's an absolutely fantastic skill that they've got that so many young people don't even realise is an additional skill that would be beneficial to them in the future. Um, In Birmingham, we were doing one workshop where we had a group of, I think it was around 20 young people, and all of them had a language that they spoke at home that they didn't speak at school. And we knew this because they'd all said to their teachers at various points and at the beginning of the workshop when we said who knows languages who knows something in another language some of them said all German or French which another home languages they were speaking at home they were quite nervous to admit that actually they spoke a different language at home towards the end of the workshop through doing all of our exercising and seeing that they could you know win the games they were doing they could beat the odds of the competition by using some of the games we've had with their additional languages or their first languages that they speak at home, they were so thrilled to have that skill. Um, In terms of how it's affected me and my practice, I've got to admit, it's something that I've never thought of as a skill before, something that I'd never thought to use. Uh, I'm going to start implementing skills audits when I work with groups of people to say, right, what skills have we got? Previously, I'd say, you know, do you have any circus skills? Do you sing? Do you play an instrument? And now I'm going to say, do you speak an additional language? Do you know some words that we can use and incorporate to make our show more diverse, to make our audience more included? I think that something else I really want to do is is see these activities and games that we've run not as games, but actually as as stimuluses, something to inspire further work. I think we can definitely experiment with language. We don't need to be trapped in thinking you have to be perfect at a language before you can use it. And there are so many ways that we can communicate with each other. The more um, tips, hints, 
and skills we can pass on to everyone so that multilingualism becomes something that everyone wants to do and uses in their day-to-day work. Finally, here's Eneda Garcia-Villanueva to talk about a separate project that took place north of the border, in Scotland. She also created it with support from the Creative Multilingualism Programme. The project experimented with using performance to celebrate the many home languages spoken by pupils across the UK. So let me tell you a little bit about the multilingual performance All the World is Our Stage, Primary Pupils Never Lost in Translanguaging. We ran this pilot with When Hell Primary School. One of our aims was to give heritage languages central stage while engaging in creative ways of language learning, to which end, we partnered with Language Hub, a creative language learning social enterprise, and singer-actress Rebecca Cameron. We also wanted to bring translanguaging into mainstream education. We understand translanguaging as the naturally occurring fluid language practices of multilingual people whose languages are not independently compartmentalized, but rather they are intertwined, making up their entire linguistic repertoire. With this approach, we wanted for our multilingual pupils to use their heritage languages in the skill context, and we also wanted to learn the languages, of course. Placing pupils at the centre of their learning journey, we embarked in a trip to create a multilingual performance. We first reflected on the interconnections between language and identity. We created teaching materials with two non-gendered multilingual characters from outer space who invited a series of translanguaging activities. In these activities, these characters prompted pupils to answer a few questions using their heritage languages. For some of these children, not having the pressure of the restrictive monolingual approaches and teaching practices we are used to had a transformative effect. They felt safe and confidently shared aspects of their languages and cultures. The rest of the class enjoyed learning about all this and very interesting conversations about music, gastronomy, geography, folklore and customs were initiated by their peers themselves. As one teacher described it, pupils are now very language-centric and very supportive of any language project. This multilingual performance brought everyone closer together. Pupils were delighted to teach their languages to peers, teachers and research team, and parents and extended family from these communities whose collaboration and input was crucial for the success of the project felt proud and humbled to hear their languages on stage and spoken by their children's friends. Acknowledging that it would not be feasible to integrate all these languages into the curriculum, we found a way to celebrate and showcase them in our multilingual performance created for and by everyone involved. So our chief goal of raising awareness about multilingualism and giving visibility to these often hidden heritage languages that people speak at home was certainly achieved. We are absolutely thrilled. Thanks for listening to our Linguamania podcast. The series is produced by Creative Multilingualism, a research programme led by the University of Oxford and funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council. Our aim is to make languages more visible, valued and vibrant. If you've enjoyed this episode, have a listen to the rest of the series. And you can find out more about Creative Multilingualism at www.creativeml.org.
ox.ac.uk. That's www.creativeml.ox.ac.uk. Or follow us on Twitter at Creative Langs, all one word, and you'll find all this information on our website. Music